Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thanks to two of our fans. First is the Jason Love, who graciously sent us a sample of E.H. Taylor's Seasoned Wood. It's pretty good stuff, but don't go crazy trying to get a bottle on secondary markets. As we had mentioned back in episode 49, another E.H. Taylor release will hit the market at some point, so just hold out. A second goes out to Jamie Albritton, who created a Masters-themed meme that was posted to our Facebook page, and it says, Mowing and Listening to Bourbon Pursuit, a tradition unlike any other. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com. And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome back to the episode of the Burn Pursuit Podcast. My name is Kenny. And last night, Ryan and I had a chance. We went out to dinner and we ended up at Haymarket Whiskey Bar and we took, we had a sample of something that we did in preparation for today's show because we had never had it before. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, but Ryan, you know, how many times have you been to Haymarket now? Gosh, I can't count how many times. It's at least 20 or so, but every time I go there, it's like they have so much that I don't have and... Uh, you're just lured into spending a lot more money than you want to because they have every bourbon imaginable that that's not in your collection. So you can all, if you don't have it, you can go there and try anything. Yeah, the 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 menu is very uh, very intuitive. It's I mean they even have a page called discontinued bourbons, right? I mean yeah. they've got H and H ten year. There were so many I, I couldn't even recall, but it's it's something that it's like, well, I wish I could have all these bourbons in my bar, but it, yeah, they mostly sit there and evaporate probably. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time talking with Matt Landon, who's the proprietor of it as well. So uh, we you know we got some get to hear some good stuff, but I think uh, I think that's probably a good segue into introducing our guest today. So our guest today is Chef Edward Lee. Chef Edward Lee is a uh, four-time James Beard Foundation Best Chef Southeast nominee. He's been on multiple TV shows. He's the culinary host of season three of Mind a Chef on PBS. 
He is a con- he was a contestant on the ninth season of Top Chef, and he's going to be a guest judge on season seven of Master Chef that will be premiering in June on Fox. So, uh, Chef Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, I guess kind of we'll kick this off a little bit. You know, we usually ask guests like you know how they got into bourbon, but this is this is very unique for us because having you on the show today wasn't something that we had actually thought of. It was our fans of the show. They said we'd love to have uh, somebody who's a chef that does a lot of stuff with bourbon. Uh, to to kind of talk us through this, and, and lucky so, you, you were it. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so, kind of give us a little bit of a history about you know who you are and and kind of uh, what you do and and what led you into Kentucky and Southern area kind of cuisine and all that sort of stuff. Um, well, I'm a chef. Um, been a chef for a long time. I'm originally from New York, and let's see, I came to Louisville, Kentucky, 13 years ago. Um, came for a derby and um, I liked it so much I drank too much bourbon <laughs> and uh, ended up staying. So uh, now I got a wife and a kid and, and two restaurants and um, things are going well. So, so you're locked in here then? I'm locked in for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said you came to the derby and we were drinking bourbon. Now, was that, it couldn't have been your first experience with bourbon or, or was it? No, bourbon, bourbon, I've been drinking bourbon, you know, um, my, since I was a kid, <laughs> probably <laughs> more younger than I should have been. But it definitely was, um, I guess, when I came to Kentucky, I got my true taste of sort of uh, um, your craft bourbon or sipping bourbon, if you will. Uh, you know, I think growing up, and I think most of the misconception of bourbon from, let's say, a decade plus ago, um, is you know you drank bourbon to get drunk and and you can still do that. But <laughs> it's still there. You just shoot you it down, there, fire yeah. down. Uh, but you know bourbon was cheap. It was it was uh, something to you know mix uh, with coke. You know and um, and I think when I moved to Louisville, I, I started to truly understand um, sort of the nuances and 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 more upscale bourbons and and sort of you know the the art of sipping versus shooting bourbon. So I guess in that regard, what intrigues you about bourbon? Well, it's, uh, you know, A, it's an American um, distilled spirit, which I think is is interesting and important. Um, most of the spirits that we consume um, either come from a different place or have uh, a tradition um, that, that is rooted in, you know, let's say Europe uh, mostly or, or South America. And, and so for me, especially with the cuisine that we do, um, it was, it's always nice, for example, you know, when we opened our restaurant, we, um, uh, we banned, uh, and I don't want to say it in a bad way, but we, we decided to not use, uh, European cheeses so that everything that we did came from, uh, an American sort of craft, uh, uh, philosophy. So we were 13 years ago, we were one of the very early proponents of American craft cheesemakers, you know, and, and. 13 years ago, people didn't understand that there were Americans making really in, in, uh, beautiful cheeses. Now you, you see it everywhere. So um, those, those are things that, that are very important to me as a chef and as a restaurateur. So um, obviously with bourbon, it, it was just a natural thing. And obviously being in Kentucky too, uh, um, in the birthplace of bourbon, uh, it, it was a natural for me to sort of gravitate to it. Right. So I guess kind of talk about, you know, what your, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've done a, plenty of dishes, you know, inter- integrating bourbon into them and stuff like that. What was, can you remember what the first one was? Like, was he making like 
sorghum with like bourbon cookies or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I think bourbon, um, I think the trajectory of bourbon is always to start out um, using it as a dessert um, because it's sort of natural. It's naturally sweet. It's got corn in it. Um, so, you know, the first things were dessert. I mean, you know, whether it's a bread pudding with bourbon caramel sauce or, or um, you know, putting bourbon into, a, 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 you know, we made a bourbon ice cream, for example. Um, so those are, those are really just rudimentary things. Uh, any kind of custard, you know, sort of uh, uh, creme brulees with bourbon. Bourbon sort of adds a very nice whiskey flavor, but it adds a smokiness too. So, for example, when you make a, a, a just a really a simple, you know, reduced bourbon with you know some maple syrup and, and some sugar into it, you're getting sort of that that whiskey, you know, that corn sweet corn flavor, but you're also getting the taste of the barrel which I think is very unique and it adds a really nice flavor to, to things like bread puddings and, and, and desserts. And I think after you graduate, you know, you, I, I think you mess around with, with a lot of dessert um, bourbon recipes at first. And then after you kind of exhaust through them, you realize that the, the bourbon actually has a really nice uh, flavor that adds to a lot of other savory applications as well. And I think people don't automatically think of savory when they think about bourbon um but you know we've been making like bourbon vinaigrette for years and and it's 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 just it's a really nice touch Uh, the more sort of we we experiment with bourbon the more we feel like we can push the boundaries of what flavor profiles bourbon can do to savory foods not just sweets I think one thing we even forgot to mention, you know, you had mentioned uh, bourbon flavored ice cream that you did in your restaurant. We've forgot to even talk about your restaurant. So <laughs> kind of kind of tell people, uh, you know, the two restaurants you have here in Louisville and uh, the kind of dishes that you serve and all that sort of stuff. Uh, well, we have 610 Magnolia, which is in Old Louisville, and it's our sort of flagship. It's our fine dining uh, restaurant. And we do uh, prefix menus. And um, I don't really describe the food. You just have to come and eat it. There you uh, go. And it changes nightly, right? It changes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I've stopped trying to figure out what it is. It's, just, <laughs> it's a good restaurant. Um, and then just um, <laughs> we have uh, Milkwood, which is downtown inside Actors Theater on Main Street. And that's a, uh, uh, you know, more of a, a casual sort of, and that's fun. It's more of a play on sort of Southern food with Asian uh, notes to it. So we have everything from like ramen to pulled pork with, with grits. Um, and, but we also do fun things like shumai. Um, so it's a fun restaurant. Does bourbon have any kind of inspiration on your menus from time to time? Or is it just kind of, you know, you, you take into heart because you have a lot of things uh, that are very like Korean inspired, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the bourbon, the bourbon's always sort of there. You know, and it just depends on, on what we're inspired by. We change the menu so much. But, um, you know, like right now at 610, we have a signature dessert called bourbon aficionado. Um, and, and it's a fun dessert because we kind of took bourbon and sort of broke it down into its ingredients and flavor profiles. So um, the, the dessert is a, is a combination of all the different flavors that I like in a bourbon. Um, so, for example, there's like a, uh, uh, there's a base of um it's sort of a drunken banana spice cake. Um, there's butterscotch foam. Um, there's a brown butter ice cream. There's freeze dried corn. Yeah. Yeah. And we also, we drizzle it with um, uh, maple sauce 
that's been aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels, um, which is made by the the Pappy and Company. Mm-hmm. Um, you can mainly charge whatever you want for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fun dish, and then we actually finish it by putting smoke in the glass, and then we we sort of release the smoke at the table. So you get the whole idea of what, it, for me, is interpreted as what would bourbon taste like um, if you were to actually break all the components down. And, and create a dish out of it. So it's, it's a fun dish. And it's been, it's, people love it. Yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about the the cookbook because mm-hmm. my wife and a, a few friends of mine are big fans of it. We tried several, the relish we're big fans of. The, I can't think of the name, but I was trying to think on the way here, but these ground pork, like almost like flaky biscuits around. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, what the name the, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the little pork pies. Yeah, pork yeah. pies. Those things are killer. Yeah, we, we made those for a party once. Everybody yeah. was like, Dined had yeah. more and more. No, they're good. They're good. Yeah, no, and the kim the kimchi greens mm-hmm. and stuff. That so, and there's a lot of cocktails. Can you talk about some of your favorite cocktails in the book with bourbon? Normally, I don't drink cocktails. Normally, I'll drink a bourbon with with uh, ice and maybe a little bit of soda in it. But um, I see the value of cocktails. Um, and obviously, for a cookbook, you can't just <laughs> say here's bourbon in a glass with ice. Yeah. So <laughs> Cheers. We, we had to come up with a few cocktails, and we serve co- bourbon cocktails at both our restaurants. You know, the one thing about cocktails that I dislike is is the the overcomplication of it. Um, you know, any cocktail that has more than like four or five ingredients to me is it's just they they tend to be very confusing. And I'm sure there's a lot of cocktail people that disagree with me. The so, mixologist. Yeah, and and you know, listen, in, in in good hands, I'm sure you can, you know, just like a good chef can can you know uh, um, sort of juggle many ingredients. Uh, but it's hard; it's it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and I find that most of it, most of the time, it's not done very well. Um, and and I, we we try and keep our bourbon cocktails very simple, so you know, three ingredients, maybe four at most. Um, and and one of the things I believe that bourbon is pretty, you know, perfect in in and of itself. So whenever you're mixing it with something, it's it's really only to enhance the flavor of the bourbon, um, if that makes sense, you know. So it's not as though, I find a lot of bourbon cocktails are, um, you know, for example, you know, bourbon and Coke, you know, being a, a perfect example, something I drank all through college. Um, it's, it's, it's the Coke doesn't do anything for the bourbon. In fact, if anything, the Coke masks the bourbon. And so you're not really tasting bourbon anymore. You're just tasting alcohol. Um, so you're really just having, a, you know, Coca-Cola with alcohol. You're just right uh, at a party, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and I feel like in, 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 you know, in a different way, if you add too much, you know, bourbon's already very sweet. So you're adding too much sweet and you're adding things that are also sweet. Um, it just tends to mask the flavor of bourbon. So anyway, we try and keep our bourbon cocktails to be very simple um, and just try and find contrasting notes to complement the bourbon, not trying to compete with the bourbon. We jumped the gun a little bit. The The, the cookbook is called Smoke and Pickles, mm-hmm. right? So make sure that you can get it through any of the regular outlets, Amazon, all those different places. So anybody that wants to go out there and look for it, that's the easiest place to go get it. Um, I guess a, another question, do you have a bourbon of choice when you're cooking? Or is it just kind of whatever is the closest thing you can reach within? <laughs> but when you're when I'm cooking? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, it depends on, um, and this is a topic that, that I talk a lot about, um, it depends on what you're cooking and and what you want to do. And and I, 
I worry less about the brand name uh, and more about the age of the bourbon. So, um, does the proof have any effect on it? Or yeah, it does have a lot of effect on it. So, and, and it's also the proof. And it's basically this. You know, my rule of thumb is the sweeter the application, um, the younger the bourbon that you want. Right. So, if you're if you're making like a bourbon caramel sauce, you know, again, you're adding a lot of sugar to it. It doesn't really. You're gonna and you're gonna boil the hell out of it. So. <laughs> It, it doesn't really matter what kind of bourbon you use, you know, um, a, a young five-year bourbon is fine. You know, some, some, you know, you, you can get some stuff out of a handle, you know, glass jar with a handle on it. It'll be fine. Um, if you're making like a bourbon blanc, you know, where, where it's a very simple uh, recipe, um, very few ingredients and you're really tasting the bourbon, then you want something that's much older where the flavor of the bourbon is going to sort of be more aggressive and it's going to shine through the other ingredients. And, and you really want to, you know, use less of it. So you want to use a more expensive bourbon. Um, you know, with sweet applications, you tend to use a lot of bourbon and boil it down. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to use a $100 bottle of bourbon and boil it down for that. Just, you're not going to taste it and it's not going to matter. Uh, whereas if you're doing something that's, that's a much more like a bourbon vinaigrette or something that, that is very uh, uh, bourbon forward, you want to use a nice bourbon. So general rule, sweeter the application, the younger the bourbon, uh, more savory, the older the bourbon. And again, it, I, I don't name name brands. Gotcha. It doesn't matter what, what do I, you know, let's be honest. What does it matter if it's a 10-year-old bourbon? It's a 10-year-old bourbon. I mean, some, yeah, some are going to argue that this, this tastes like this, but it's a 10-year-old bourbon. There's going to be certain characteristics about that bourbon that are going to exhibit regardless of where it was or, you know, made and whatever the barrel mash was. It doesn't, it's 10 years old. You put anything in a bourbon in a barrel for 10 years, it's going to exhibit flavors of wood and char and smoke and all that. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, to me, I, you know, and again, I don't make, especially when you're, when you're drinking, it's different because you can really taste the nuances, but when you're cooking with it, I don't make any distinctions between brand. It's just about how it, so young bourbon, would they just find a young bourbon? Yeah. You know, okay. Totally. Older bourbon, find an older bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it uh, a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And you can get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. 
Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. You had an opportunity to partner with Trey Zoller um, back in, I think it was 2013 mm-hmm. uh, when it happened. There is, it's still found on the shelves every once in a while, right? Can't really find it too much in Louisville because, well, Kentucky bourbon, it just yeah. doesn't exist. And, uh, but there's, there's a great, um, it's called Jefferson's Chef Collaboration. Mm-hmm. And you see Trey's signature on there, but you also see with Chef Edward Lee. Mm-hmm. So kind of talk about the process uh, of what it was to actually choose a bourbon uh, that, you're not cooking with, right? You're, you're putting this out on the market as something mm-hmm. that people are going to be sipping and drinking. Yeah. So we did, um, we did one bottling in 13 and we did another one in 15. So there is a, a new release out there, but it's, it, you know, it's very small. So um, it's still out there. If you can find some, some in, in the stores, you, you, you have a good chance. Um, you to have find a case a second. Home just hanging out. I do. I do. I have very little bit though. That nice. I, I, I don't get that much of it, but yeah, we, um, you know, I've known Trace for years and we just decided we were actually, we're drinking one night and, and eating and, um, we're actually, it was, it was an interesting thing because we were drinking bourbon and we had ordered food and the friend that we were with, um, then switched from bourbon to wine, which I, I think is this sort of a, a, a common thing that you see. And it just, you know, the debate came up, like, why would you switch to wine now that you started your meal? Um, I'm at fault for that. I do it all the time. Yeah. Like why, why is bourbon simply an aperitif and not? a, um, something to pair with food. Um, and you know, the answer generally, you know, we started asking people to answer generally as well, well, bourbon is something you drink before a meal. And once you sit down to eat, like, why would you drink bourbon? You drink wine because wine naturally pairs with food better. Um, and we started to sort of debate that and say, nah, I disagree. I think we, you can drink, um, bourbon through dinner, but you need a certain kind of bourbon. I think bourbons obviously are very aggressive, high in alcohol, um, very smoky, very, you know, f- you know, flavor is, is not exactly, you know, ripe for a goat cheese salad. Um, so, so we thought, well, what if we blended a bourbon that was specifically um, geared towards uh, uh, pairing with food? And would that work? You know, um, so we started messing around. We started coming up with different concoctions. And we, and we also started to, to, for me anyway, I started to realize that, food in this country used to be very Eurocentric, which is why we paired everything with wine. Because most of the food that we ate when we went to restaurants came from a French or Italian tradition, which of course you're going to pair that with wine. But a lot of the cuisine now in America is very international and it's paired with everything from, you know, obviously American barbecue, which is, you know, full of spice and smoke and sugar and really aggressive. You can't drink barbecue with wine. It just doesn't work. A lot of Asian-inspired food, which, again, is very spicy, uh, um, very, very, um, there's a lot of sweetness in it, uh, soy sauce, a lot of fermented flavors, doesn't work with a lot of wine. And so when we started thinking about this sort of new generation of American cooks who, frankly, like to cook American food and who like to cook Asian food and who may use some European traditions but, you know, are steering away from it more and more, we thought... What better drink to pair with it than a, a smooth bourbon? Um, and so that was our mentality: was to come out with a bourbon that was softer on the palate, 
uh, a longer finish, uh, smoother, rounder, um, less aggressive, uh, and allow it to be allowed that you could actually drink it all through dinner and, and, and still have fun with it. And so, uh, that's really, so our, our bourbon, our blend was actually a pair. It's bourbon from two different years and then a rye whiskey. So it's 75% bourbon, 25% rye. Why did you throw the rye in there? Well, when we, so when we blended the two vintages of bourbon together, kind of like in, in the way you would do with a cognac, um, it creates a longer finish and, and a much more complex um, um, sort of flavor profile. But we also noticed that it mellowed it out a lot. Um, so, you know, for example, I think on the first one, we blended a six-year and, a, and an eight-year bourbon. Um, and an eight-year bourbon's got a, quite a bit of age, but blending it with the six-year, um, it really sort of mellowed it. Oh, I don't want to say too much, but it, it really made it very soft. And the finish became longer. So we wanted something to kind of offset that uh, and to give it a bite. And so... We had a really old, or Trey had a really old uh, rye whiskey that he had not, just waiting for something to do with it. And we thought, why not throw it in there? Uh, and we did. And it just, it just kind of, you know, gave it a little end note of spice. Yeah. And, and, and it just really kind of just finished it out for us. It just, it was, it was, once we tried it with it, it was like, and, and then we had the debate of, well, it's not a true bourbon then, you mm-hmm. know, because we're adding the rye whiskey to it. So we can't even call it a bourbon. Um, but once you tasted it with the rye, we're like, this is the right way to go. Like, even if it's not a true bourbon, we have to do it. Like it's, it, it was so delicious. It was so different from just the, 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 the bourbon by itself. So, um, so we went with that recipe. Yeah. That's why at the very beginning, we want to put that teaser in there because we went to Haymarket last night and we're like, okay, we're interviewing Edward Lee tomorrow. Like, let's try the chef's collaboration. And that's exactly what we got. So we had two pours of that I don't last know if night. We had the 13 or the 15. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the other thing was, you know, we, we've had discussions before about, uh, you know, taste of bourbons will change over time depending on the fill level of the bottle and all this other kind of stuff. So, you know, we might have tried something a little bit different than what other people are going to try with it. But I remember when we first had our first sip, I looked right over to you and I said, this tastes like creme brulee. Yeah. I mean, it really was like almost spot on for us. Is, is I, I, It had a lot of those yeah, notes Yeah, kind of like the crispy crust on, on mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. creme brulee is what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was just one of the very unique things that, that at least that I saw out of it that uh, I don't know about you. But. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I, now that you talk about, I do remember the kind of the spicy, you know, back end of it mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that you added the rye there. Yeah. But it's just you know, it's, I for me, it's we again, it's just enough rye to kind of pick right. it up. But it, it's not something that people really notice. You know, they don't like rye drinkers, for example, don't go crazy for it because right. it's not like it's not huge on the rye. Um, but I don't know. They're I, not getting I think, an experiment. Look, what they're looking for. Yeah, you know, and I think you know. I think part of what the joy of eating food is that you get a lot of different notes and flavors and complexity out of eating a dish. And you should get the same amount of complexity out of a, a, a bourbon that you want to pair with that dish. So what's um, some dishes that you would pair it with, for example? Just I mean, a couple. You know, anything that anything that comes off a grill. You know, anything okay. if you're gonna if you're gonna grill salmon, um, anything that's barbecued, you know, pulled pork, you know, smoked brisket, those things are perfect with it. Because you know any kind of food that that sort of is comes from a grill or smoke to me wine just kind of falls flat against it you know uh, beer works but you know i guess you're not always in the mood for beer and and if you're going to have a big meal like you know how many yeah, you beers don't be you bloated drink? you know <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I think beer, and again, like the beer snobs are going to kill me for it. But <laughs> beer to me can be very, it can be over, it's oversimplified. And, and I think it, 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 from a flavor, from a, from a refreshing kind of mouthfeel palate, it's perfect, perfect. But from a flavor palate, it, it can sort of fall flat against it. Um, to me, whiskey is a perfect sort of match to it, you know. Uh, um, it just, it stands up. It's not going to uh, wither you know, away from it, but it also is not going to overpower it too. But I also find that, you know, Asian food also works really well with whiskey. And the age old adage was that you, you know, these sort of European sommeliers, you know, again, who are also going to get mad at me. um, (laughs) There's always this age old sort of pairing that when you pair Asian food with wine, you go straight to Riesling. Um, and it's been, it's been drilled into everyone from, from the time that, you know, you go to, you know, wine class 101. And I just always say it's completely inaccurate It completely, you know, so coming from an Asian person who cooks and <laughs> eats a lot of Asian food is the last thing I want to have with Asian food is, is reasoning. It's, it's, it's fruity, it's sweet, and it doesn't, just doesn't work. It's know? interesting you talk about all that because, I mean, even in the, the grand landscape of whiskeys in general, there's so many that came out of Japan and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, you got Habikis and all these different things. And so, yeah, it makes more sense that people might want to start venturing and saying we want to have more whiskey with oh, our yeah. with our dinners and if stuff you go like to that. Jap- if you go to Japan, you see people drinking whiskey with, with Japanese food all the time. Japanese whiskey is very, it's more, Japanese whiskey is more scotch-like, I think, than, than American whiskeys. But they drink whiskey all the time with dinner. You don't see them drinking, you know, they'll drink whiskey or sake. They don't drink white wine with, mm-hmm. dinner, with Japanese food. They just don't, you know. But somehow in America, that's what we have to do. And <laughs> no reasoning. Yeah, no reason. I've always just found it totally inaccurate. And I said, listen, if you want to pair something with Asian food, a great whiskey, you know, mix it with a little soda, maybe some bitters, you know, it's perfect. It, it really, you know, matches up to the sweetness. And and it's not sweet on sweet, right? So Asian food tends to be very sweet and the whiskey tends to be very bitter. And, and that sort of pairing is, is perfect. You know, the last thing I want when I'm eating something sweet is to drink something sweet as well. So we're running at the top of the hour here and I got one last question for you because, you know, we get to interview people and uh, a lot of people, they're, they look at them like, these are superstars in the industry, right? And you're, you're, you're a master chef, you've got all these things. But are, how real are you? Can you just eat a regular ham sandwich or do you have to like, you can't, or you gotta be like, I gotta chef this thing up. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> gotta be prosciutto. <laughs> no, I can, I can eat it. I can eat a white trash sandwich any day. <laughs> it's got, so what I say is I either eat really low brow or I eat really high brow. I kind of don't dabble in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go low brow, like I want the dirtiest fried chicken from the dirtiest gas station. <laughs> or I want to go to like the, you know, the, the Go to nicest. Indies chicken. Yeah. Indies is like. I love it, Indies. Yeah. I mean, Indies are probably one of my favorite restaurants in the town, in, in Louisville. No, I just, I just, you know, what I, what I don't like is uh, stuff in the middle that kind of tries to be one thing, but is not, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's either really, really cheap or really expensive. Let's go ahead and give you one more plug uh, for your restaurant. If people want to, if they're visiting the trail and they want to try to try your restaurant. They better how, make reservations. Exactly. <laughs> how far in advance you make reservations and, and how do they do that? Uh, well, 610 Magnolia is, um, you know, it's two weeks out, you're fine. Uh, make a reservation. Um, Milkwood is, we're, it's a bigger restaurant in Milkwood, so just call us or you can make a reservation online. Uh, and, and Milkwood's downtown, 610's in all Louisville. Um, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure not only to talk to you. Uh, I know Ryan was really looking forward to this for a long time. Thank very you. excited. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank Fan you boy. very much. Can I get your autograph? No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you signed my knife. Sure. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy, busy man, uh, but it's cool to, you know, because we drink bourbon, but we don't really always understand how it melds with cooking. And it's yeah. great to have you come on and explain it to us and our audience and whatnot. So oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Good awesome. luck, guys. So if you like the show, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, like us on Instagram and Twitter. Actually, you would follow us on Twitter, but make sure you do that. Also support us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash bourbon pursuit. Yeah, and any uh, show suggestions, feedback, comments, we we love them, so keep them coming, and uh, we'll see you next time.